0: We talking rom-com, we talking action, we talking drama and movie classics, whatever you want, yo we have it, cause we talking movies on a podcast,
1: so I married a film critic,
0: so I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. Hey, honey, I just want to talk about the movie movie like casually. You don't have to bring up very cinematography. Honestly, let's just talk about like how the characters were fun. Married a film critic. So I married a film critic. So I married
1: a film critic. Welcome to So I Married a Film Critic. I'm your co host, Julia. And here's the film critic. Hey,
0: everybody, this is Barry. Aloha.
1: Tonight we decided to watch. The 1991 Steven Spielberg film, Hook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell everyone, this was your pick, so tell them
0: why you picked it. Well, I mean, the, the movie is going to be turning 30. Wow. Yeah, 30 pretty soon. Um, December December of 2021 will make it 30 years since it came out. And I was thinking about writing about it in general, and I thought, oh, this would be a fun one to watch. I mean, I, I haven't seen it in a while, and it's always been very near and dear to me it's with spielberg fans people tend to be very divisive about it people either really love this film because they grew up with it or they're very cynical about it because they didn't so yeah i I thought it'd be fun to to get into it because it's uh i mean it's maybe the definitive spielberg movie for so many reasons
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I'm, I'm excited to hear about that.
0: Well, I don't. I didn't say it's the best Spielberg film, but I mean, it's <laughs> definitively Spielberg. I mean, oh, his okay. themes, his visuals. I mean, it doesn't get more Steven Spielberg than this movie. I, and, and I'm not, yeah, well, we'll get into how I feel about the movie. But no, I'm not saying it's his best. I'm oh. saying it It doesn't get more Spielberg-y than this movie. I was like, this, this is movie.
1: brand new information.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I, when we get to the end of it, I can tell you my favorite Spielberg film. It, it's not this one, um... But yeah, we'll get into it. Okay.
1: That. Well, this came out in 1991. I was 11. You were 14. It's 14. And so I, I guess we're in the crowd who loves it because we saw it when it came out. We
0: saw it in theaters. It's weird. Yeah, I was, I was basically Peter Pan when I saw it. Now I'm Peter Banning.
1: Oh. I'm truly Peter Banning. It's come full circle.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, what? Am I middle aged or not quite?
1: Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I'm a middle aged yeah.
0: overweight dad. Yeah. I'm Peter Banning. <laughs> I grew up. Peter Pan grew up.
1: (laughs) Okay, so everyone knows the story of Peter Pan, right? The lost boy who lives in Neverland, who flies with his pixie Tinkerbell and goes to London, meets the darling kids, Wendy, Michael, and Peter, and they have all these adventures. And this sequel... Sequel? Yeah, it's a sequel. Yeah, it takes place... um, Yeah. Peter is all grown up. He's a lawyer. He's married. He has two children, Jack and Maggie. And they're getting ready to fly back to London to see Grandma Wendy, who is the original Wendy from Peter Pan. And she ends up, we find out she has um, basically placed all these children with adoptive families and Peter being one of them.
0: This is, this is fascinating to me because this film exists in a world where Peter Pan is a beloved, well-known book. At the same time, it's also a true story. It makes me wonder, is the film implying? Because I really do feel like James V. Hart, the screenwriter, whose work I like, he also wrote Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is one of my favorite films from this decade. I feel like Hart is possibly implying that maybe James V. Hart was one of the Lost Boys. I mean, I'm sorry, that... J.M. Barry, excuse me. I think the screenwriter is implying that J.M. Barry might have been one of the Lost Boys, because let me think about it. Like, why is it that there is a book named Peter Pan that is out there circulating, popular, that is actually a true story?
1: Yeah, I don't know. The only thing we know about the writer of the book in the movie is that he's Wendy's neighbor, and heard all their stories and, yeah. and wrote yeah. them down and published them. So we don't really know.
0: Yeah, it's 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 an it's an odd detail. And the one the one thing that this movie establishes right away is that the film doesn't know quite what to do with it. The love triangle between Peter Pan, Wendy, and Tinkerbell is still intact.
1: Okay, so I think we've mentioned before that we watch movies with the subtitles because, you know...
0: Well, that would some of the dialogue pops out. And, yeah. the, and it's easy to... I mean, there's so much going on in this film. It's easy to miss some of the dialogue. Yeah, And, and we also have a little girl sleeping in yeah. a few so rooms away. So we don't away, want it to so. be too
1: loud. Yeah, But this was the first time I was like, oh... Wendy was in love with Peter. Like, well, we knew she was in love with him, but it's like she's still kind of in love with him. Oh, yeah, it hasn't gone away. And,
0: you know, and Peter Pan married uh, (laughs) Wendy's granddaughter. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's weird because there's this one scene where she's, like, basically trying to remind him, like, hey, you're actually Peter Pan. And he's like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. And (laughs) she's like, I thought you would come to my wedding. (laughs) <laughs>
0: like, that was fascinating. Like basically
1: like stop the wedding and marry me kind of a thing.
0: There's so much going on in this film and it's a long film and it, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of stuff. I, I, that was a line that popped up to me tonight too. I thought, how did I miss that? That's yeah. pretty crazy.
1: It's crazy. That's because, you know, nobody watches it with the subtitles, but you catch so many little things where you're like, wait, what?
0: I mean, once you go pan, you never go back apparently because oh, yeah. man. Apparently, apparently, yeah. Wendy like never, never quite got over him, despite the fact that she, she did at some point. But
1: yeah, she did. She still
0: holds a a flaming (laughs) candle for Peter Pan. (laughs)
1: It was like technically like her grandson. It, it, it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of.
0: It is very vampiric, you know, because he is like the vampire that never. It's very Twilight, isn't really, it?
1: It is weird <laughs> because when you're in Neverland, you don't age. But once you're on Earth, you're aging. And so when, when Wendy was going back with Peter Pan when they were kids, like obviously they were around the same age. But as he was going back and forth, every time he goes to visit her, she's older. And they show that. They show her growing
0: up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to get too ahead of it. But it is startling. To, Gwyneth Paltrow plays Wendy as a young girl in the flashbacks. And it's lovely. And she's lovely in it. But yeah, there is this montage of Wendy getting older. And it's it's Gwyneth Paltrow in a series of wigs until she turns into Maggie Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is this. She's yeah. like,
1: I'm an old woman. We're like, yeah, we can tell. Yeah. Okay, so I think what, one of the major themes, obviously, in this movie is growing up, forgetting what it's like to be a kid, getting so caught up in your adult life and your work that you just kind of forget about your family, forget to have fun with your kids. And yeah, there's this scene where the, Moira, Peter's wife,
0: played by Caroline Goodall, who's yeah, wonderful. In she's this. so
1: good. Where she's like, there is only a certain amount of time that your children wanna be with you. Like, you only get a window, and then that's it. Like, you're gonna beg them to wanna be with you. And she's like, you are missing it. And I feel like that that part has always stuck with me.
0: It's bad, More. I gotta take this call. I gotta fix this. No, you gotta fix your family first. about your deal. You hated the deal. I hated the deal, but I'm sorry you feel so badly about it. Your children love you. They want to play with you. How long do you think that lasts? Soon Jack may not even want you to come to his games. We have a few special years with our children when they're the ones that want us around. After that, you're going to be running after them for a bit of attention so fast, Peter. It's a few years, and it's over. And you are not being careful.
1: And you are missing it. Like, no matter how many times I watch this movie, I'm like, oh, that, that's it right there.
0: Yeah, and, and obviously... I'm assuming most people who have listened to this have seen the film, know the film, love the film, or whatever. If this is... if oh,
1: come on. We don't have to tell you. Go watch it. <laughs> on the one
0: hand, it's it's not... You know, obviously, we're going to deal with spoilers here, but I guess just because we're you and I are laying this out scene by scene, let's properly set this up. I mean, Peter Pan, when we meet him uh, at the beginning of the film, he is now a middle-aged bureaucrat named Peter Banning. He is cold. He is stiff. He has a holster for his cell phone. He is... Uh, awful and to robin williams credit they couldn't have picked a better actor to play this because he's going all in with a guy who is really no fun to be around i like how stiff he is in the first part of this movie it's fascinating to watch a guy who you know whether you know him as mort from orc or at this at this point in time he hadn't even played the genie yet but i mean between you know dead poet society and so many other wonderful films he had already this very you know cuddly sort of image. Um, he had you know this was like the beginning of when he started to do some children's films. My point is he's so off putting at the beginning of this film. It's wonderful, and I love his commitment to it. And I it it just I think the first act of this film is just about perfect. I love the setup here. I love them going to 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 London and 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 meeting Grandma Wendy again, and Wendy. There's such a weight to those moments. It has a lot to do with the fact that Maggie Smith is magnificent in this role. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not just good. Uh, there's a soulfulness to her line readings, and it's funny too because Maggie Smith was really not that old when she did this. She was in old age makeup. You know.
1: Oh, she was in old age makeup. She was old okay, ma- yeah. I was gonna ask you because I'm like, wow, she
0: still she looks the same. Yeah, she she looks exactly the way she does like now. Her the way old she age in makeup
1: is so accurate. Yeah. Cuz she literally looks like that now.
0: Yeah. No, she really wasn't that old when she made this movie. Now she just, you know, it's just it was very prophetic makeup. And whatever, she's still lovely. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean Smith is so, I mean, magnificent is the word I wrote in my notes. I just I love her performance in this movie. It's 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 so good. There's such a weight to what she brings to it. You know, and because of some of the things we mentioned, there's some things about the role that are Icky, <laughs> strange, <laughs> a
1: little weird,
0: and a little weird, and but she's playing it from. I mean, this is this is a fantasy, and and the and her performance and the movie's tone, I think, overall finds that fine line. So when things do get dark, and we'll talk about that, it the film itself doesn't you know completely turn on its audience. Yeah,
1: yeah. So. So Jack, um, Peter's son, he just keeps being disappointed by his dad. You know, his dad is like, I'm going to come to your game. And then he totally misses the game. He sends his, like, office assistant to, like, film his baseball game. And it's so lame. And they're flying. And, you know, he just – they're just
0: not (laughs) connecting. Do you think Peter Banning – Takes the time to watch the video cassette of his son's games later. There's no way. If he
1: doesn't have time to go to a game, he's not watching it later. Like, ridiculous.
0: Hold on. Oh, hold on, honey. I got to watch this. He's <laughs> no. like watching it by himself late at night. Like yeah, There's no, no way. There's no. no way.
1: Oh, and he's also f- afraid to fly. Right. That's the other it's just, detail. It's a great touch. Yeah. yeah he, he can't. He's just so nervous about flying. So, okay. So, they're in London. And there's a big event for granny wendy you know she's being honored there's a new wing at the hospital being named after her and that's the night that the kids get kidnapped and when the parents come home the kids are gone and there's a note from captain hook and it's like oh what this is this is actually real
0: one of the things that astonished me about this sequence is learning that nana is still alive (laughs) <laughs> nana is like the cat in the mariah carey movie glitter how in the world <laughs> is this dog still alive after all these decades maybe she had babies and that's her baby
1: <laughs> maybe that's like great, nana. great great they nana. Call me
0: nana. i mean it's just just a yeah it's just like deck every time every time there's a litter they call them all nana and they just yeah. and the one that that survives gets to live outside in that little house i guess that's the whole of the movie it's a
1: really cute dog though
0: so yes, so the uh, the sequence, it's strange because, I, you know, we were both young when we saw this. But I remember even the sequence, the sequence where Grandma Wendy is being recognized as someone who took in all these orphanages. So moving. Oh, yeah. I love the way it's shot. I, it's funny watching Robin Williams be so unfunny. Mm-hmm. He's on stage. He's awkward. He's sweaty. He's stumbling over his words. Like, wow, this is... This is acting. This is one of our greatest stand-up performances of all time. Acting like he's never been in front of a mic before, but you know the shots of all the orphans standing up. Uh, yeah, I, I find it so moving. I remember even as a kid, thinking, like, "This is really good stuff." And then we get to the abduction, which is—it's interesting because I love the way it's shot. It's um, it's it's the the, the color is very rich. The way it's staged is really nice. It's it's a visually arresting sequence, so much so that it was the teaser trailer for this movie. The scene where the kids were abducted, that was the teaser oh, where, trailer. where
1: they're in bed and their covers fly off. Fly,
0: yeah, out. that was the whole teaser for the movie, which is one of the great things about this film, the way it was promoted. like Spielberg made sure like you did not see Dustin Hoffman as mm. Captain Hook. like Really, and didn't, you didn't see Julie Roberts. Everything was going to be a surprise until you saw the film. But yeah, so the, that sequence, which is very strong, but it's peculiar because... It opens up. It looks very supernatural. There's, mm-hmm. there's, you know, yeah, like green, light, green lights, and wind. yeah, the covers are literally flying off the beds. But then when they get inside, it looks like Captain Hook literally showed up, and literally just like took, took his hook and just slashed the crap out of this apartment.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I noticed that too. I was like, "Well, wait." Did he go through the bedroom window? Because that window flies open and you know, you think but then the front door opens and he goes up the stairs? It's like um,
0: Was he know. just so fat like ah a fax machine? <laughs> like was was he just astonished by modern technology? No, he just he just walked around this apartment, just scratched the hell out of it and Yeah,
1: yeah. I know I found that strange. But who cares? I mean
0: I get I know I just it, it's this it just it begins it it almost looks like Tinkerbell is the one doing the abducting it's so fantastical the way it starts up and then you see it and it's like oh this is this is more of like a like a like a real crime.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and I think they kind of want to leave you
0: a little bit in the dark about it, though, because
1: we don't, we haven't been to... Tinkerbell hasn't shown up yet. We don't know about Neverland yet.
0: But there is Tootles. We haven't mentioned Tootles, who is one of the surviving Lost Boys, still alive, living with Grandma Wendy. This character, I've never I, the actor is great, and uh, he was later in the Robin Williams film Toys, which is another film for another time. But the uh, the character of Tootles is. A psychopath. I've never liked this character. He's literally and figuratively crazy. Yeah, well, he's and he's just an old hanging around this. Now. He's just hanging around the house like this guy belongs in an institution, or you know, it just I don't. It's it's baggage the movie doesn't need. Does does not know what to do with this character. I've never found him enduring. Okay. I want to I want to be very clear about it. Like like not to bury the lead, I do adore this film for so many reasons. But I think it is flawed. There's there are things to talk about. Toodles is one of these things. I never liked this character.
1: Okay, well, I think they only have him there to bring back his marbles. So he's
0: completely useless. Like he just yeah. sits as this as this. Elaborate abduction. I mean, like Captain Hook, his old enemy, is like scratching the heck out of Grandma in his apartment.
1: See any of that? So we don't really know. Like maybe he just like fainted. But the housekeeper
0: lies is like the children were screaming. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's it's it's really scary. I thought it is.
0: It is for
1: kids especially. And
0: and and, you know maybe the fact that it's so vague helps make it plausible because I mean just the I mean was it like a flying pirate ship? Like how in the world do they even pull this off?
1: I don't know. I don't think we're supposed to know because it's supposed to just be this like magical thing. I mean, it's Captain Hook coming from Never Neverland.
0: Yeah, so. exactly. You know, what you're right. The, the more I even talk about it, I'm thinking like, did he see a TV? Like, ah, what is that I see?
1: Oh, man. He's gonna, the critic is trying to make sense of the <laughs> abduction. I've
0: had 30 years to think about this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm trying to look at it. I'm trying to look at some different things because I'm, 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 I'm overly familiar with the film.
1: All right, so they called the cops, and, you know...
0: Inspector Phil Collins on the case. Oh, my
1: gosh, I had no idea that that was Phil Collins. But to, like, not to... We don't need to go, like, moment by moment, but, you know, this is where Grandma Wendy is trying to tell Peter who he is, and she's like... Do you, what do you remember? And he's like, well, I remember, you know, you finding me parents and them adopting me. She's like, you were 13. Like, do you remember anything before that? <laughs> yeah. And he really, he really doesn't. He has like no memories. So that's kind of crazy. And then he, Tinkerbell comes on the scene.
0: Well, hold on, hold on. Wait. Oh. First of all, let, let's, let's be very clear. Grandma Wendy, not only does she tell Peter Pan, not only, excuse me, does she tell Peter Banning that he's Peter Pan, but she does make kind of a move at him. It is a it is a bit of a pass.
1: She does yeah. with
0: his wife just a couple of doors away by the way.
1: I know. It is a little bit strange. She's like, Moira, go make some tea. All right, Peter, let's
0: get to it. In his in her bedroom. <laughs> So well, if
1: I had if the subtitles were not, I, I wouldn't have caught this move.
0: I remember if, 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 even as a kid, because look, I mean, I don't know anyone in 1991 who saw this not knowing that Robin Williams is playing Peter Pan. So even as a kid, it made sense to me. Of course, this old woman who used to be Wendy is Wendy Darling is still going to be in love with Peter Pan. It always made sense to me. It didn't feel inappropriate to me until watching it now, (laughs) (laughs) and thinking, thinking like Moira Banning is just like two doors away making tea, and meanwhile Grandma Wendy is like having, you know, putting the moves on Peter Pan. But but to your point though she shows him the apparently the J.M. Mary book with an illustration of him as he used to be and that moment it's always given me chills I love that moment so much yeah. to see this is who you used to be it's this is a little little sprite with red hair and he's floating it's beautiful
1: Yeah, and I think
0: at that point at that whole everything up to this point I'm like even the things I have mentioned that feel a little implausible I just I think this is masterful this mm-hmm. is everything I want from a Spielberg film this is everything I wanted from the Spielberg Peter Pan movie and then Julia Roberts Robert shows up,
1: yeah, and then Julia Roberts shows up, and Peter's been drinking, and he thinks he's like hallucinating. Yeah, and he's like it's a crazy bug. <laughs> and what what do you think about Julia Roberts
0: as Tinkerbell? I really like her a lot. I wish she doesn't have Justin Bieber's hair.
1: Honestly, I don't like the wig. The hair is the only unfortunate thing about her performance.
0: And not to get ahead of it, but later in the film, she's got this beautiful flock of red hair. Later on, like which curled, is, yeah, and it's it's lovely, and it looks like her hair. I don't know why they make her look like Justin Bieber through most of this film. It's it's always bothered because it's obviously a bad wig. And Tinkerbell is lovely. She was lovely in the in the in the Disney cartoon, which we should probably talk more about that. No, we don't need to talk about that. All right. Well, anyway, Tinkerbell I've always thought was
1: well, well Tinkerbell's got a cute little bun, you know. And all her
0: magic, she can't get a good haircut.
1: Yeah, that's she,
0: true. She cutting her own hair in Neverland. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's very peculiar. As
1: we will talk about, there's like no women in Neverland. Yeah, no kidding. She's like the only one. There's like Captain Hook's hookers. The only, and then her. (laughs) Yeah,
0: we'll get to that. And and
1: and the mermaids.
0: Like the mermaids. Who's cutting anybody's hair? Right. Nobody. Yeah. No, no, you're right, and she probably has to. I mean, what is she doing? Like cutting your hair with like a, a real human sized knife? Yeah, yeah, like
1: real human sized scissors. Yeah. You make a good point. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. so, so it, her hair is unfortunate, but it's okay. Her performance is great.
0: Yes. You know, and Peter. I don't know, but great. It's very good. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> is it though? Is is she that great? It's a lot of reaction shots. It's a lot of her smiling. It's A
1: lot of her smiling.
0: Lots of Julia Ro- yeah. like like it's Julia Roberts. But- get her to smile but again.
1: I do feel the emotion. There are some moments where she's obviously in love with Peter still, and it's been years since she's seen
0: him. Like how many years? But again, like 30, I, like I said earlier, years? I just I feel like this is baggage the movie doesn't quite know what to do with.
1: Well, I think I think they the screenwriter probably wanted to address the fact that Tinkerbell has always been in love with Peter Yeah. because that's what we've seen in other movies. And so To not really talk about it, I think would have been...
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. Like, it's, it's a vital part of the story, as we'll get to. It's established that Tinkerbell basically rescued Peter Pan, literally rescued him, took him to Neverland. She's the one who basically made him the magical, mythical figure that he becomes. And, of course, Wendy, we have all the baggage of knowing about the prior adventure. So, clearly, it's all established. I like that it's there. I just wish something more became of it. You know the the moment we'll, we'll eventually talk about where where Tinkerbell is pan sized and she's able to have a conversation with him. Something more should have come come of that scene. And as it is, it's just like it, it feels like busy work for a movie waiting to get to the the big stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean for a movie this long, yeah, there could have been should have been some things cut out.
0: I wouldn't have mind maybe fifteen minutes less of the Lost Boys and more of figuring out you know who is Peter Pan really in love with Mm. and can Peter Pan be in love with one person? He's how old and he's, you know, his sense of love and youthfulness is, is so skewered. I imagine not to mention the fact that he's been living this middle-aged man existence and he suddenly realizes, Oh, like, like this magical, beautiful fairy, this pixie saved me. Meanwhile, there's a girl who I got to watch age as a human. He means like the Highlander. He got to watch, you know, Wendy in real time, or like a vampire. Mm, I love
1: the Highlander.
0: (laughs) We'll do a Highlander episode. (laughs) And to be clear, for those of you curious, like, what is she talking, she's talking about Adrian Paul. You're not talking about Christopher Lambert. You're talking about Adrian Paul.
1: Don't judge me.
0: Okay. Okay. So moving on. So, all right. So, so Julia Roberts, who yes, she's, she is good in this film. She is. Uh, As Tinkerbell, she takes Peter to Neverland. And it's one of my favorite shots of the film where she picks him up in a blanket, Pulls him through uh, through London, and by the way, definitely one of these things where I, I know a little too much about this movie. Her fairy dust falls on a couple, and they oh, start to float. I know. Do you know who the couple is? No. George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. Oh. Yeah. You can't quite see them, but it's I them. I mean,
1: It really, literally doesn't matter who the couple is. It's cool. it's cool. It's cool to know that, faces, though, isn't it? You see silhouettes. It's cool, though. It's nerdy. All right. It's and then
0: there's nerdy. that shot where she's pulling him, you know, into Never I And mean, It's, it's. I mean, it's like a new sunset is forming. It's, it's visually rich. It is really rich. This pretty. visual, the visual effects are old, but I, I still love the look of this movie. I do.
1: Even though the visual effects are old, I feel like it's not cheesy. At all.
0: It's a it's a fantasy, so I'm willing to you know when when you have like the blue screen effects that are clearly someone standing in front of a blue yeah, screen. Yeah. There's a
1: few moments of that. A few else.
0: moments, but yeah, I'm willing to go with it. So yeah, yeah, so now so now Peter Banning is in Neverland.
1: Yeah, so he he's like, where am I? What's going on? You know, he has to dress up like a pirate, and he ends up following Smee with Captain Hooks Hook, and he gets on the on the ship and is basically like oh my gosh, those are my kids. He has my kids.
0: It's interesting because I, I think John Williams' score, and this is one of my favorite scores. You've actually caught me a few times like writing, and I, ha- I have the score playing. Um, I think the score really helps keep this movie whimsical and fun because it is about a man whose children are abducted. Yeah. In their beds. There
1: are so many things that moments where I was like, wow, that got really dark. Yeah.
0: But the score keeps it light. Even because even after, even after like Inspector Phil Collins is, you know, dusting the place for prints and it goes on to the scenes afterwards. I mean, it it should be a lot more traumatic, and it isn't. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that William's score is really helping the pace of this thing. It feels like a fairy tale, and it doesn't get, as we've said, like too edgy.
1: Yeah. I think it doesn't get too traumatic because Grandma Wendy is like, you have to go to Neverland, you have to fly, you have to fight. And and I'm sure the parents are like, I'm sorry, what?
0: (laughs) There's a lot of absurd comedy in this, and I think it it helps that – when this movie wants to be funny, it's really funny. Yeah. We'll get to the Lost okay. Boys, but anyway. So, so then
1: we, we meet Captain Hook. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I love Dustin Hoffman yeah. as Captain Hook.
0: Yeah, I think it's a flawless performance. I do. He had, he had a couple of weird years. He was in this movie called Ishtar, which which most would say would almost, almost ruin his career. And it didn't ruin it. It's a cult film now, but it was a big flop for him. And he kind of laid low for a few years. He did his buddy uh, Warren Beatty's movie, Dick Tracy. A gangster movie called *Billy Bathgate*, which was a big Disney flop, and then this thing, and it—it it felt it was such a strange bit of casting. And yeah, I—I I, I love what he does here. Um, his his hook is psychotic, and I, I love that about him. Um, and it helps obviously it's it's a two man thing because Bob Hoskins is fantastic. Yes. Not only not so only good. fantastic, I'd say definitive. This is the definitive Mr. Smee for me. I think Hoskins is so good in this. And the fact that so much of Hoffman's work is a is a double team with him and Hoskins. I, I love the two of them.
1: Yeah, they're really good.
0: So Peter Pan shows up and now he's a middle aged man and, yeah. and, and and Captain and Hook like... basically emasculates him from the other yeah. pirates.
1: <laughs> he's like, You're not Peter Pan and and Smee is like yeah this is him I'll show you the scar you know the that you know where you
0: the one through. time they referenced Tiger Lily yeah because otherwise there's no Indians there's no Tiger Lily there's no Indian chief there's no Native Americans in this and you know th- I think they were wise to say you know that's that's a problematic area even in 1991 I feel like that's a very politically correct choice not to have. Well, that here. I think
1: it would overcomplicate an already long movie yes. because, yeah. okay, what, you're going to have a kidnapping, you're going to have the Lost Boys, and you're going to have Native Americans. And they make I time,
0: mean, they, I mean, they make time for a food fight in this movie. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of there's, time there's in this not, movie.
1: They don't have time to like add additional characters and set pieces and stuff. So, but this is where the kids, he's like, if you can climb up, fly, he's like, fly up there and touch your kids. Like they're, they're in like a i don't know a Annette. a net. and he's like and then you can take them right now but he can't fly and so he climbs up you know the ship and he can't reach them <laughs> it's so sad it's, so, sad it's cause so pathetic maggie's like come on daddy mommy could do it <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah because moms are awesome but um it's it's just a really sad moment where he, like, literally can't save his kids.
0: And, and then Cook actually decides just to murder them right then. And yes. I said, this is great. He's yeah. such a jerk.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like, kill them all. Just kill just them. Just kill them all. Yeah. Yeah, and so Tinkerbell steps in and, you know, she's like, give me some time and I'll bring back the pan that you remember and you can have your war, you know. And so he agrees. And,
0: and a great visual where they shake hands. She shakes his giant hook. Yeah. I, I, I love that visual. Yeah, that is a good one.
1: Um and so then now we have a countdown. We have the 3-day clock to get Peter Pan to remember who he is so that he can save his kids.
0: Before we get to the lost boys, there's a bit of business uh probably more that getting the movie needs. I mean no wonder this was the most expensive film of its day. There's a bit where Peter Pan falls off the ship, plunges into the water and he's saved by these three beautiful mermaids. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love this sequence. The movie does not need it. It's so... It's just excessive fantasy it's so visuals. Excessive. It's wonderful. But then I had a problem with the movie because I never noticed this before. So how long was he with the mermaids? Because the next shot is he's in... Remember he's getting pulled up to the, the Lost Boys, you know, Cabana, whatever this place yeah, is. they their their, their, their Club Med, their YMCA. <laughs> and then he's up there and suddenly the Lost Boys know that Peter Pan is there and... Peter Pan sees Tinkerbell in her little clock house, which and is adorable. she's sleeping. She's sleeping. And she says, oh, you're alive. I'm like, how long was he with the mermaids? What happened with the mermaids? That's a whole
1: other movie. I totally thought the same thing because I was like, okay, you know, the mermaids are saving him and they all like kiss him and give him air. And he's like, Whoa, oh, this is great. And then is
0: there a, yeah, is there a scene missing? Was there more to the mermaids? Was there a mermaid battle?
1: I know do they like take him on a tour of there because now lagoon? she's sleeping. It's
0: like you just saw him. You were just on the ship, and now you're taking a nap in your clockhouse. <laughs> you should have told the lost boys he was coming. It's yeah, it's it's weird. It's oh, you're alive. You know that he alive. She couldn't save him when he was underwater and then she flew and took a nap I, yeah yeah
1: she's it, like yeah peter's under the water he might have drowned i mean i'm, I'm so tired yeah
0: it's an editing i mean I, i'm sus- i assume maybe they took 10 minutes out right there but it, it yeah it felt really funky because like,
1: you guys have three days how it couldn't have been very long yeah because i mean only three days
0: yeah yeah i mean but yeah it's 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 strange because i mean certainly at this point i mean i was totally in it too and and that moment just – I've never noticed it before now that I'm older and I think I've just seen more movies. And I'm just thinking, yeah, that's uh, – It's pretty funny. It's very peculiar that she took a nap <laughs> <laughs> in the time that that he might have drowned. And, yeah. I mean, did she know that the mermaids – I mean, you know, and again, what was going yeah, on with the I know. Mermaids? I'm like,
1: wait, this yeah. is the person you're in love with and you're just going to go take a nap? That's weird.
0: So so anyway, she goes, you're alive, and then we meet the Lost Boys. We meet the Lost Boys. And, and okay,
1: so we get to see the Lost Boys treehouse and – I just remember as a kid being like, this place is awesome. (laughs) You know, like there's, I I don't know, they have like a a track.
0: What do they not have? They've got basketball. They've got a skate park. They have snow. They have penguins.
1: So basically the Lost Boys are trying to, like they decide they're going to kill him. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they're going to murder him. Yeah, and they're ruled by Rufio.
1: Rufio, and he's the only one with a sword, though. Like it, it and he has se- Peter Pan's sword. Yeah, it seems like he's the only one who's actually going to like do any killing because these Lost Boys chase Peter around and like I don't know. They like throw like paint at him.
0: <laughs> well, they they throw candy apples. On arrows at his crotch. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, but I
1: mean, it's not like they have bows and arrows or... Yeah, know.
0: it's all very whimsical. I mean, if he, if he were to die, it would be like the wackiest Tim Burton-y death.
1: Yeah. I mean, he he honestly has a better chance of just like falling and cracking his head open. Oh, yeah. Or like pulling, you know, his groin muscle. He's constantly talking him. about
0: how he's bad back. Yeah, I he, mean, clearly he's going to die. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, he's basically old and overweight you know yeah and he's trying to like run away from these kids it's ridiculous
0: <laughs> they're chasing him on skateboards yeah, i mean
1: <laughs> and then and then there's moments where they're like play play with us so they want to kill him but they want him to play with them and
0: tinkerbell is the one who she apparently talks speaks to them individually and says that you know we need to but yeah, this guy like, this
1: is peter pan like you have to yeah. help me like his kids are here we have to you know but, I, but he makes a joke about this being um, <laughs> the Lord of the Flies like camp. right. <laughs>
0: One of the many times and like I'll bet that was not in the scripts. I'll bet yeah. Robert Williams and Spielberg's like,
1: perfect, keep it. I don't care. <laughs> Who cares? He kind of mumbled, mumbled it under his breath. No one's going to notice. No
0: one's okay. going to breath. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of there's a lot of that in this.
1: You can put in the subtitles, but who's going to watch that?
0: <laughs> Who would watch that? <laughs> so yeah, it's, Rufio is it. I want to talk briefly about Dante Bosco as Rufio. Um, so much charisma to this kid. I don't know why this wasn't like something that led to whatever else. A, a sitcom. Um, so much charisma. And oddly enough, a couple a week ago, I saw a film that Dante Bosco wrote and directed and starred in called The Fabulous Filipino Brothers. So he's still around and he's making films and he's out there. But he, I mean, he's still you know he's still known for his role, which is which is amazing. But
1: Rufio! yeah, and he's he's I bet people say that to him all the time. I'm and sure he, he loves probably that. hates
0: that. <laughs> I'm sure he signed that a lot of times. But I, the 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 point I really want to make is that the rest of the Lost Boys are interchangeable. Only in the sense that they're all like wacky kids who are defined, you got the twins, you get the kid who's dressed up like a business, uh, you got a character who's named Thud because he's the big one, um,
1: you got like the Italian one, the Italian one, the redhead one with curly hair. Yeah,
0: so it's like I mean, on the one hand, I get it. it mean there's
1: a lot of diversity.
0: It's it's again, this is this this is the most PC Peter Pan ever. At the same time, and I get it too. I mean, I'm sure Spielberg thought like this way. The kids watching this are definitely going to see themselves in the Lost Boys, but it's weird. <laughs> It's 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 a weird world they live in. It's weird that they're all contemporary kids because they're all ageless and they've all been there. You know, time doesn't mean anything in Neverland. So it's it it's still not only is not I al-
1: mean, but new kids could have come.
0: Yeah, and I guess like and modernize them, I well, guess. I
1: mean new kids could have come and then I think a bunch of them were adopted out by Granny Wendy, so I don't think they're all like original lost boys.
0: I don't know that the film needed to explain this. I I think probably the bigger problem for me is that, I don't know, this part of the film is just so painfully corny, I think. (laughs) It's really, really freaking corny. The training montage, like,
1: you are the Peter Pan.
0: I can't stand (laughs) that part of the film. It's It's so
1: corny. It's funny because, okay, so Robin Williams clearly has, like, padding on under his clothes to make him look overweight, right? And then he does this training montage, and it's not like it's rocky where you know this training is going on for months. No, he's literally has one day.
0: (laughs) So this is probably like what happened over the course of an hour.
1: Yeah. And then he takes – he has no shirt on, and he's like – Which is freaky. And he's – okay, he's totally hairless.
0: He's one of the most famously – I mean, he just did the (laughs) Fisher King prior to this, so I've seen him naked, and he's covered in hair.
1: Okay, totally. Okay, so he's got like a six-pack yeah so in one day he goes from being like having a dad bod to having a six pack and he's whatever
0: whatever that workout is Clue those lost boys they've, they've got it all figured it out it must
1: be some magical workout must maybe be. maybe some of Tinkerbell's fairy dust helped him shed some pounds in and like, hair like hours and all
0: of it I, I'd love to see the scene where Tinkerbell it's like the 40 year old version where Tinkerbell gives him a wax <laughs> <laughs> that's the deleted scene i want He's to say like, <laughs> instead of kelly clarkson <laughs>
1: yeah so he has he has to learn how to fly and
0: so when i do that meanwhile the the stuff that i, I thought has aged really well i love the scenes of captain Hook teaching peter pan's kids oh to my hate gosh, him oh gosh i love it they're so, so funny yeah, where you we. The the version of school and um, and also the, the fact that again it's 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 Hoffman and Hoskin is just really oh, yeah. killing it because
1: the lesson is why
0: parents hate their children. Yeah. Now pay attention, class. We have a lot to go over. Lesson one: Why parents hate their children. Anyone? Doesn't mommy read to us every night? You. A cute little urchin in the front row. Mm-hmm. Won't you share your thoughts with the whole class? Yes. I said mommy reads to us every night because she loves us very much. Loves you? Isn't that the, uh, the... Real word, Captain. <laughs> oh, yes. No, child. I think your mother reads to you every night in order to stupefy you to sleep. So that she and Daddy could sit down for three measly minutes without you and your mindless, inexhaustible, unstoppable, repetitive and nagging demands. He took my toy, she hit my bear. I want a potty, I want a cookie, I want to stay up. I want, I want, I want, me, 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 me. Mine, 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 now, now, now. (sighs) Can't you understand, child? They tell you stories to shut you up and conk you out. That's not true, Jack. You're a liar! Lie me. (laughs) Never. (laughs) The truth is far too much fun. (laughs) Oh, my child, before you were born, your parents would stay up all night together just to see the sunrise. Don't be frightened. Maggie, before you were born, they were happier. They were free. You're a bad man. Smee Flunk the Maggot. Come in, flogging lowly I'm
1: crystal. An F He gave me F! Maggie is like, you're a wire, and then he gives her an F. And it's hilarious that she even cares. (laughs) (laughs) But he he, is this going to transfer over to my school record? Yeah, are you You monsters? (laughs) I know. Is this on my official transcripts? So then he has her taken away because she's not being indoctrinated by his propaganda enough.
0: And this is something that disturbed me because you pointed this out. Like, oh, so she's just going to be alone with the pirates? Yeah,
1: I was like, she's literally the only. Young girl on this whole island. Yeah. I, I don't think she's alone with the pirates because they show her singing a song by herself. I just think <laughs> she's, she's surrounded by these I think evil she's pirates. just alone in yeah. general. I don't think any. And she sings them. about it too. And she sings about it. Yeah. And then the, all the pirates are like, Mommy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Again, it's a fantasy. It's whimsical. But yeah, the fact you pointed out, and I thought, oh, that's. That's uh, I'm not comfortable with that at yeah, all. Yeah,
1: but what she says is, she says, "Jack Neverland makes you forget. Don't forget." Yeah, and so I thought that was really interesting. It's not something I don't know that maybe I remember it every time I watch it.
0: But I, I think the timeline never really, really connected with me until I watched it with you. Because I mean, I I've just the other day I was talking to my students about Patty Hearst being you know locked in a closet for 50 days and she emerges a different person. And this is, I mean. This is like the fastest Stockholm syndrome ever. I mean, three days, and this kid's like, Yeah, Captain Hook. He's like
1: Captain Hook's my new dad. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Very quick change. But,
1: but I think it also has to do with the fact that it's Neverland and time basically doesn't exist. And he's already like probably traumatized by his absent father. And then now Captain <laughs> Hook is
0: brainwashing that, yeah, him. Yeah. And then now he's in this fantastical world where pirates are real. Yeah.
1: And Captain Hook's like, I will watch your baseball games and we'll cheer you on. You know, your dad never did that. It, it, it honestly doesn't take too much for Jack to just be like, hello, daddy.
0: Yeah, it's it's very peculiar. Speaking of peculiar, this is something that jumped out. Of because we'll, we'll get to the the, all the specifics of the baseball game, which is kind of the beginning of the it's like the end of the second act. and We're about to get into the, into it because um, Peter Pan, the change is happening. Oh, we should talk about the food fight.
1: Oh, the food fight! Got yeah, talk about oh, the food man. fight because I know you
0: love that scene. You were like looking forward to that. Yeah. Well,
1: just because I have good memories as a kid. Like, who doesn't want to have a food fight at the table? You know. But it's not even the food fight. It's it's Peter Pan and Rufio just like
0: trash talking,
1: trash talking each other.
0: The most and... PG rated trash talking. Although although <laughs> Williams gets a gets a few in here.
1: So he because he's like. You know, Rufio's just saying, like, mostly nonsense words. Right. And you know, Robin Williams is like, chemistry teacher. <laughs> and then he calls him a nearsighted gynecologist.
0: <laughs> How did that end up in the final cut? I mean, this movie is, yeah, it's 142 minutes. Yeah. I... <laughs>
1: But there's, I think there's a lot of stuff of,
0: they just let fly in the movie. I think
1: some of these insults, like me and my sister, like we like memorize and we like <laughs> say to each other, you know?
0: But it is, you know, there's a lot of moments that can be, it, it's the nature of the film, but it's magical. The moment where where Peter Pan imagines that he's flicking food onto Rufio and the food actually happens and the suddenly yeah. materialize. It's a magical moment. I it remember is. even as a kid like, wow, everybody in the theater being in awe of that moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it, it's really great. It's when he finally lets his imagination start working again because yeah. he's like what are they doing there's no food and tinkerbell's like this used to be your favorite game like come on yeah and finally he gets into it i don't know i loved it
0: yeah yeah no i, I the moment worked for me too and then we get to the baseball game and we should as you mentioned uh captain hook uh, has a harpy it was is that the right I way? I just
1: called her a hooker. I don't know. Her
0: name is Drusilla, it's <laughs> established. And it's a peculiar moment where she has a nearly orgasmic reaction to his hook. Yeah. He's like, Drusilla, glove me. And so she has to take his hook
1: off and put his like glove attachment on or something. And she's, it's so weird. How, is, how
0: did I miss this at the age of 14? A very <laughs> peculiar moment. And I wonder too is that moment there to establish that hook? is into her and not Smee because I mean it looks like a very domestic partnership that he has with Smee
1: I know I
0: think and I don't think the movie is implying that but I'm just saying like I wonder if she's there because she only has one scene one line one anything you know, and the rest of it I mean he I mean is he never not alone with Smee
1: I don't know, but Smee is there to like listen to him and keep him from killing himself, yeah. Keep him from committing yeah. suicide. I mean, he does say that. He's like ready to end it
0: all, and it's so crazy. It's great. Now, you know, but I just, I do wonder if Drusilla, who's really a useless character, it, it is peculiar that, uh, yeah, that the movie makes a point to Maybe
1: that. they're just trying to let us know that there are some women in neverland but what i don't know because it seems like neverland is a very a lot of masculine energy. yeah
0: yeah this is the dude's paradise yeah, dude's dude cove. paradise yeah.
1: you know we got mm-hmm. some mermaids we got some fairies but you know there's not a lot of girls around
0: yeah at all
1: yeah
0: so. so the baseball scene i wonder because I think it's it's meant to be kind of a nudge nudge wink wink at the Pittsburgh Pirates in real life because this is a baseball team called the Pirates and peculiarly they have t- they have uniforms.
1: Oh yeah, they do have uniforms. Because
0: it's established there's a scene we we've kind of skipped over Amber Scott. So Amber Scott plays Maggie and I want to mention this moment for a few reasons. One is that she sings the song "When You're Alone," which is the Oscar-nominated song from this movie. I've always loved the moment. I love, I love the way she does it. I love the way it's incorporated into the story because it's, you know, it's talking about her anguish and her sadness. Um, two rumors about this film that are kind of unfounded, but I think they're true because they've been around for so long. And I remember reading about it when this film came out. One is that. This was a pet project between Steven Spielberg and Michael Jackson. Speaking of which, full circle. And they wanted to make a Peter Pan movie together. The other thing about this movie that, that often gets thrown out, I don't know if this is true. I, th- I think it might be. Again, because it keeps coming up. Apparently, John Williams wrote this as a musical. And the rumors that this is the only song that survived, but that when you listen to the score, it has such um, a musical-like feel to it. You get the sense that this was always intended to be a musical. And, you know, there's so many scenes in this movie that feel like musical numbers, the oh way they're gosh. staged. I'm
1: so glad this wasn't a musical. <laughs> I think that would have been a disaster.
0: Well, I mean, this is a year before Newsies, so yeah, this was not a good time for for no. movie musicals. In any case, w- the main reason I brought up this moment is little Maggie is singing, and the the son Jack, the son Jack is watching her sing. Smee comes up behind him, puts his arm around him, and kind of distracts him away, and he's like, tell me about this baseball. So clearly... I mean, I mean, was it the night before? I mean, does Smee have like a sweatshop where he learned? Because now he knows what baseball is, and we got to do this in order to, you know, in order to just fool this kid. Oh man!
1: Wow, you were really thinking about these details.
0: Well, the thing that's bizarre about this, and we'll and we'll get we'll definitely get more into that because I have another point about the reality of this film, but it's established that. Mr. Smee has records that he shows to Hook to say, like, hey, this is what's going on with the kids. The dad's been missing the games. He has, like, a file that he shows Captain Hook.
1: Yeah. There must be some way that they can see what's going on. Like
0: a crystal ball like the Wicked Witch in Wizard of Oz? No, no,
1: I don't know. I don't know what it is. But there's there clearly they can, like, go back to Earth. Yeah. And, like, maybe he sent somebody or maybe he went himself and like gathered up information
0: but uh, my point really is just that i found a peculiar here that this evening he's like, tell me about this thing called baseball and then the next day they all have these okay fantastic uniforms maybe
1: he was just saying that to like distract jack because he's trying to keep his mind off of home and keep it on neverland and so maybe he was just lying to him and he or maybe knows about
0: baseball. Or maybe Jack's like, well, you see, you got this first base and the second base and the pitcher's mound. And no, Mr. Because Smith's like, they, yeah, uh-huh. They Keep already, talking, kid. They
1: already knew how to play.
0: And meanwhile, this is why the pirates are so tired the next day because they've been up all night making uniforms.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, they're really sewing. Yeah, that's what they were doing.
0: <laughs> Again, all these, all these cut scenes that so we need back in the movie. unanswered
1: questions. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. Okay, so... Peter Pan is watching the game, and Jack hits a home run, and Captain Hook is like, that's my boy, that's my Jack, and Peter's like, that's my my Jack, like, what's happening? So he just kind of, he was supposed to steal the hook and crow, and he doesn't do it, because he's so sad and upset, and that's when he goes back, and he's like, I gotta fly, and he ends up finding the original treehouse that he had when he was there, with Michael and John and Wendy and the original Lost Boys. And so magically, Tinkerbell is there to help him remember.
0: This is, for me, when the movie starts to really find itself again. Because I think the movie has peaks and valleys. And and I've never liked, as I've said, I've never liked a lot of the Lost Boys stuff. But I really do love this sequence where he finds the thimble. Mm -hmm. And... (laughs) The way Williams plays it, it really is like out of Hamma like poor Yorick, I knew him well, Horatio. It feels that way, with the way he's playing it. He's, he's doing it with such such honesty. And um, yeah, I, I, I love the flashback that ensues. It, it's really one of my favorite sequences Spielberg has ever staged where the baby carriage, this beautiful baby is crying. Oh yeah, because he says,
1: I remember my mother. remembers his mother. Yeah. I do
0: love that sequence and we see how how uh, Tinkerbell ultimately rescued him as a baby. And the detail that honestly brings a tear to my eye. And it also means that they understand this story and the logic of this story is that as Tinkerbell is literally carrying this little baby away, the baby's clutching onto his teddy bear. It's mm. such a great storybook visual. Mm. Yeah. Love that sequence. And then you get into the flashback where Peter Pan, uh, the, the young Peter Pan is played by Dustin Hoffman's son, yeah, and of course, and Wendy Darling is played by by Gwyneth Paltrow. One of the first things she ever did. I mean, what a really cool, you know, early film for her. And I love these sequences. I really do. Um, I love the shot of young Peter Pan going back to his real parents' house, and the the and window is closed, a new baby. and he yeah, can't quite so get in. Sad. I love this stuff. I really do. I mean, this is you know for for a movie that is really about it you know it's it's a sequel to peter pan but i feel like the visuals are there i love the shot of of uh again dustin Hoffman's son playing peter pan when he's wrestling with the shadow it looks just like the disney animated film yeah, yeah. um yeah i loved all that stuff so much but yeah, this is one of my favorite parts of the film. And
1: that's when he sees Wendy yes. grow up and yeah. he's like, oh my gosh. And you're then, Maggie Smith. You're, you're old. <laughs> and then she's like, that's my granddaughter, Moira, asleep in the bed. Okay. So so then he sees, okay, he sees who he's going to be married to, right? His wife. Yeah. But meeting her for the first time. And he's like, I want to give her a kiss. and. She's like, no, no thimbles, no. She's gonna be so upset. When, <laughs>
0: Enough with the thimbles, Peter. <laughs> Enough
1: with the thimbles. We've done this.
0: This is so embarrassing. Yeah,
1: she's gonna be so sad. Do when I have to she...
0: explain this to you again with the thimble? <laughs> it's not a real
1: kiss. Um, she's gonna be so sad when she realizes she can't keep you. And he's like, no, a real kiss. And like, what? Wendy just lets Peter just like kiss his her sleeping granddaughter.
0: It's very peculiar. It is.
1: <laughs> I mean, I hate the word problematic, but it's a little strange. It is. It,
0: I, I think there's a way to deal with this. I think if you had the scenes, and the movie really probably does need it. Probably, you really do need the scenes of Peter Pan being acclimated to the real world, him being in an orphanage, or him having you know whatever working at a yeah, supermarket as but a stock he boy hasn't and done meeting, that yet. Meeting, well, I'm just saying, like. That should have been the way you introduced Moira to Peter Pan. Oh. I'm just saying, like, yeah, having you know, I agree. It's like
1: he flies in, sees that Maggie Smith is old, you know, that goes, Wendy's old. Oh, okay, he's no, like, you're, yeah, you're, this, you're you're dusty. This no. is not going to happen yeah. for us. Oh, granddaughter, great, I'm going to kiss hey, her.
0: She looks just like you. <laughs> no, I, I do think I think Peter by uh, Moira the wife and I, Peter Pan. I think they should have met when he. I think they should have when established. She was awake. Well, yeah, conscious, <laughs> conscious would have been good. <laughs> it is so Twilight. Yeah, it would have worked if he had met Wendy when they were, you know, what in school together. Established that Peter Pan is now now Peter Banning. He's a human. She loves him despite the fact that he's stiff. He has lost his, you know, like like man. It seems like there's a child inside of you. You can't get out.
1: Yeah, well, because it seems like in this version he falls in love with Moira. It's like love at first sight. And then and then Wendy is like, okay, well, if you want to marry her, like you have to stay here and I'm gonna find you parents and you have to grow up in this world now. Like you're gonna and he decides, like, okay, I'm gonna grow up. And he says in this movie, he wanted to be a dad. And they kind of just cut to him, you know, when Jack is born. But there's a whole lot of story we don't have you know, about him and Moira and and, and, that, and him yeah. being adopted, growing up, okay, then what happens? And then they you know, do they go to college together? I mean, we don't know any of this.
0: Yeah, and just just having it would have helped the love triangle because now now it's a love triangle between Wendy and Wendy and Moira. It would have helped if she was as you've said, it would have helped if, if they established that she goes, I'm gonna help you be a real Boy, I'm going to help you be a real man. Oh, a
1: man, and when yeah. you,
0: and you know, and, and maybe like we'll grow up together, we'll get married, whatever, and then it's like surprise—he's in love with the granddaughter. I think that could have worked as opposed to, hey, old bags, ooh, who's that over there?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so weird.
0: You could put on your cold cream. I'm going to check out
1: your granddaughter. Yeah, there.
0: it's yeah. It, I agree with you. It, it doesn't. I understand they're trying to be very neat and tidy and quick with the storytelling. Well, you know, like, there's got to be a better way to do this. I
1: mean, okay. Is, is there a three-hour version of this movie then? Because there's a whole lot of holes yeah. that I'm now just realizing. Yeah, and there's
0: there's some more that we'll get into. But So, uh, so yeah, he, uh, he finds his happy thought, which, of course... Is Jack is being a dad. Yeah, being yeah. a father. And yeah.
1: then he, he snaps out of his... <laughs>
0: And he starts to fly, and like this was the reason I saw the film twice when it was in theaters because I wanted to see the scenes of Robin Williams flying around, which I thought was just so magical and Aww, wonderful. That's I, so cute, babe. Wow, well, I mean, uh, this is a this is a wide movie, and I really I loved I love I loved seeing this film on the big screen, and even watching it tonight. Like, yeah, this is this is you know, and it's he, funny too because you know it's it's like Superman where it's like. No, he's just in the suit. Like, don't ask. Like he's just wearing the he's tights. He's just in of, the tights. Yeah.
1: And his hair is suddenly cool. Man. It looks
0: like he's been on a motorcycle for hours. <laughs> he's got that kind of hair, and it's great. And he's flying around. And he's enjoying it. And and you know, and obviously, it's again, it's a blue screen, but I don't care. Like I, I love the way Neverland looks. There's a rainbow, and yeah, he and he comes to the Lost Boys and says like, "Hey, what's up? I'm back." Yeah,
1: he's like. Damn. And then Rufio's like, "You are the pen," and gives him <laughs> his sword. And then they crow together, and it's amazing. It is it's good then, stuff. And then, it's and like- the camera
0: pans back because, like, the, it's it's clearly Spielberg over directing so hard, because the kids are celebrating. Robin Williams lifts his sword in the air. He and Rufio are bonding. The kids are dancing. The camera pulls back, 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 back. And then, like the skateboard thing, like flies past <laughs> the cameras. <It's> like Spielberg, <laughs> calm down. We're moved, okay. <laughs> I would, R- yeah, relax we're we like one, it
1: there's one lost boy who's like forget this the skateboard is open I'm, rufio's busy <laughs> my time to shine yeah. i never get to go I, on it exactly i never get to ride this thing because stupid rufio is always on it and you know what i've never liked peter pan yeah who cares i'm i'm doing this i totally thought that too
0: <laughs> it's like the one lost boy they're like, oh we don't like him
1: but then, okay. So going back to the Neverland makes you forget thing. It's mm-hmm. almost like now that Peter Pan realizes he's Peter Pan, he's forgotten his mission.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And that's another thing. It's it's not quite clear exactly how this works because you're right. Like all of a sudden, Robert Williams is playing it like he's in that movie Jack again, like he's a little boy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's yeah. like he's v- extremely childlike, almost to a to a alarming degree and he shows up to see tinkerbell and this is
1: when tinkerbell like is and like, this is when this weird love story you have, kicks you in remember you have kids you know and yeah she breaks her house she turns into a human size a, yeah a
0: gigantic human size yeah. yeah person and by the way and as i said like this is where she i mean julia roberts looks amazing at this point she looks like julia roberts yeah as opposed to justin bieber <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and she's hair. wearing this
0: beautiful like she. I mean, she looks like almost like uh, like Cinderella's fairy godmother. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a very pretty dress. Yeah, yeah, and the
0: hair is on point. Yeah, and she kisses him, and and Peter Pan. She basically says, "I love you," and he goes, "I love you, Moira." And he realizes, "I love my wife. I love my kids." He's like, more. and she goes to like kiss him again.
1: He's like, "Moira, <laughs> I love Moira."
0: <laughs> so he so he basically realizes that no, like I I'm actually. it's like this realization of he gets to be peter pan and peter banning at the same time it's like the it's all there it's peculiar because you wonder if does the adult aspect of him undermine the peter pan side of him
1: well i don't think you can be peter pan and be an adult dad at the same time they're they're not they're completely polar opposites
0: and it's something the movie kind of plays fast and loose with, because clearly we want to like get rid of the yuppie part of him and just embrace the wild, earthy child side. But whatever, he has it both ways, great. And and as as uh, Julie Roberts Tinkerbell says, you know, go get them.
1: Yeah, go get your kids. You know. So then, you know, he's like, I have a plan. And of course, then we have the montage of all the Lost Boys setting everything up, and they suddenly have armor now and like weapons where they throw paint and did they create a boat in basically an hour for this fight scene i mean that was another thing that do they just have these things just in the wings waiting for them. I
0: mean, if Mr. Smee has a sweatshop, I mean, these Lost Boys, I mean, they're just like (laughs) caffeinated all the sugar, staying up all night, making this like apocalypse now boat. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And clearly, I I think with this sequence of the movie, as you perfectly put up, you said, oh man, like clearly they saw Home Alone the year before because it's so Home Alone.
1: So much Home Alone stuff.
0: And I'm sure like Mattel's like, we got to have action figures. We got to have the, you know, we got to have the toys. We're going to have like the you know, the, yeah, it, it just, it feels like a toy commercial. Yeah, which Those, is funny yeah.
1: because, you know, Captain Hook is like, it's going to be the war to end all wars. <laughs> and then it's just. It's wacky. It's wacky. And it's
0: it's fine because it, at first I was a little disappointed too. I'm thinking like, man, like these sword fights are corny and goofy, but it's supposed to be children fighting pirates right. in the most wacky, whimsical sense. And, it's and not we, supposed to be like Crouching Tiger. And
1: we don't want to see pirates killing kids in a, spielberg peter pan movie
0: and there is a moment where a blade touches one of the boys um which is something that sounds strange out of context but you see see captain hook's blade when i mean so rufio eats it
1: yeah no captain hook kills rufio and it's and i gotta say like it's a are you trying to like keep it from being a spoiler because we all know why am i
0: trying to like like you guys are not gonna believe this but rufio dies okay
1: It's been 30 years. I think it's fine. I think we've
0: all adjusted. Yeah. No. And and I I like that. I love that part um, where Rufio gets to fight Captain Hook, and he's clearly relishing it. And it's really well done and well choreographed. Rufio gets impaled, and if anything, it's like it just reminds you Captain Hook is so awful. Yeah. He's so bad.
1: Yeah. He's really going to kill these kids if he can. Kill these children. He will. Yeah, Yeah. He will. And. That's the part you kind of forget a little bit in the wackiness. Yeah, because there's so much
0: comedy of, yeah. of, of Captain Hook being a psychopathic roommate to Mr. Smee. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then Rufio tells Peter Pan, like, I wish I had a dad like you. I mean, it's really it's great. Sweet. It's it's great. It's great. And really, again, like, like it's Dante moving. Bosco
0: plays Rufio. I, I, I like his performance. He's totally yeah. committed to it's, this.
1: It's totally believable. Because, yeah. you know, you forget there... All of these kids are orphans and we don't know how they got to Neverland or yeah. anything like that. But there is a lot of themes of wishing you had a mom, wishing you had a family. Yeah. You know, even the pirates are like, "mummy,"
0: <laughs> Right. And Peter, Peter Banning is a bad dad and being Peter Pan tells him how to be a good father. So there is that yeah. that arc to the character. So yeah, so Peter Pan, uh, who is now Robert Williams, and, and Williams, you know, is so spry and delightful in this portion of the film, he he takes on Captain Hook. Well, no, but
1: he takes his kids first. And, he does, That's And right. he's like, we're going to leave. And <laughs> Hook is like, I will come after your children's children's children. And you're <laughs> like, oh, dang, he's like, not going to let this grudge go. Yeah. Yeah, so then they fight.
0: So then they fight. Yeah, it's It's great. And it's funny, too, because... They always show Captain Hook from the back fighting Robin Williams. Williams clearly went to choreography camp. I was totally and thinking Dustin that. Dustin Hoffman did not. Yeah, clearly, Dustin. <laughs> clearly, I mean, there's no shots of, of Dustin Hoffman fighting Williams. Williams is going for it. And he's yeah.
1: great. Dustin Hoffman was like, just have my stunt double come in for me today.
0: He's <laughs> like, you're paying me $10 million to play this character. I'm not learning how to use a sword. You insane.
1: He's like, I already have a hook as a hand. That's all I'm doing. I was doing. in
0: Tootsie. I'm not using a sword.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. So then, um, yeah, basically, Hook gets eaten
0: by... Oh, you want to jump right to that? Well, yeah. I, I mean... love the moment where he loses his hair. That That's oh, great. Yeah, lo- that's a, That's okay. a nice one. Because, you know, it, it's, it's a nice contrast because he humiliated... Peter Banning so severely in the beginning of the film. It's yeah. nice to see Captain Hook really taking down so many different pegs. The bit with the crocodile, where the crocodile comes to life and eats him, it's so stupid. I It's so I stupid. A, I have a real hard... I've always had a hard time with it.
1: I do too. Because it's like, okay, obviously this crocodile has been mounted for like decades.
0: But now he's infu- he's he's furious because Hook impales him with his hook accidentally, and but he's been alive, entombed in this clock this whole time. It, Comes to life and very lazily falls on him. I mean, he doesn't even attack Hook. He falls on him and somehow devours him. It's and burps. It's nonsensical. It's- this scene should have ended when Pan defeats him and says, "You." Basically, get the hell out of Neverland. And Hook says, well, what would the world be like without Captain Hook? It should have just ended where it's like, well, we'll pick this up some other time. Yeah. They should have just left it at that. You don't need to kill Captain Hook. You really don't. Even though he killed Rufio, you don't need to kill him. But the way that, yeah, the way they handle it, just, even for a fantasy, it doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense. sense. It's so frustrating. I've
1: never liked that ending for him
0: have him fall in a pit with actual crocodiles have the actual crocodile still alive have have jack kill captain hook i mean there's there's so many different ways they should have gone at it i don't know why they thought this was a good idea i remember as a kid thinking it was funny that the crocodile burps it's like okay it's yeah it's, it's, ir- it's for kids it's ironic but yeah it's uh yeah because the work. crocodile like he
1: like his
0: head like goes down and like looks at him and he, and Captain Hook's like, oh no, it's like. And it falls, I mean, people love to pick on the moment in Prometheus, which is a movie I love where this giant ship perfectly falls on, on Charlie Theron who does not run out of the way. This is so much worse. It makes so little sense. And Cook's just like, oh no, a crocodile. And it falls on him and just perfectly, perfectly swallows him up. It basically looks like he jumps inside of him. Yeah. Yeah. Which i which, which is clearly what the stunt person Exactly. Had to do, the so. stunt
1: person just had to yeah. like jump inside of this crocodile's it mouth. It is
0: nonsense. It it's, really is. And yeah. it's so frustrating because like we had like not one but two big sword fights where Williams was doing all the work and it was exciting. And and then and then this. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It should have just ended with, you know, what would the world be without Captain Hook? And then you cut to the the modern day stuff. Yeah. Which is weird. This is where I have a big issue with this film. So so Maggie and Jack are rescued. Uh, it's a step. Peter Pan gives his sword to Thud the Lost Boy because clearly he's the most qualified. No, he's not. So <laughs> he leaves... He leaves Never Neverland, and we have a lovely shot of Caroline Goodall. It's like, oh, like I'm so glad we're going back to this character. We haven't seen her for like, yeah, it, she's, feels like it feels like like it's been an hour since I we've know. seen this character. Well, it's
1: been like three days, and she's sleeping in the
0: nursery, obviously distraught that her kids are gone. Distraught is a very mild way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, her but, kids have been missing for three days.
1: So the fact that she could even and her husband too
0: fall asleep, yeah,
1: is crazy well
0: maybe I'll, maybe this is like the first time she slept in days I mean, maybe probably just mad with exhaustion yeah. but even before we get there peter pan wakes up underneath a statue of himself which I it's it's wonderful it's great but then he sees mr smee as a janitor and he's sweeping and it's bob hoskins playing the janitor like hello, oh how are you, you know it's like it's very <laughs> it's fine but then i wonder like I do no. This doesn't. This this does not work because this isn't a Wizard of Oz situation where Uncle Henry and Auntie M are, are different people. This, Smee has been spying on Peter Banning for some time. He's still Mister Smee. This doesn't make it. This does not work.
1: I don't think the janitor is actually Smee. He, but he is. No, I don't. I think he's It's the same actor, looking it's, exactly it's like the him. The same actor, but I don't think he's actually him i think it could be peter like hallucinating uh, somebody who looks like him i i just
0: even gives it has the same twinkle it's the same guy it's i have a real hard time with this because again like it's 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 been established that smee exists and smee exists in both of these
1: worlds so you think he's like a more magical character like he's just going back and forth he's
0: got like some time portal i think Peter Pan should get up and start beating the stuffing out of this guy. (laughs) I think he should like beat him with his broom. I mean, this is a guy who like abducted his children. You know, there's no comeuppance for this character. He's like the only one of these evil pirates who's still around.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it's the same guy.
0: But it is. It's also the same actor.
1: Yeah, I know. It's the same actor, but I think he's just, like, playing a guy who looks like him. I don't think it's actually him.
0: But Smee exists in this world, so it, of course it could be Smee. Of course. He's probably spying on him, like, like my boss is gone, but I'm going to still watch you. <laughs> I have I'll hope. see you at the baseball game, Mr. Banning.
1: Yeah, he's like, my file is getting kind of thin. I need some more papers for my file.
0: I'll be in the trays watching you and the wife. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. Clearly getting late, so yeah. all right. So. No, but then he
1: sees Tinkerbell, and I love what she says. She's like, "I'll always love you, Peter Pan." You know that moment when you're in between sleep and awake. That's where I'll always love you, and that's where you can find me. It's, and it's it is lovely. It is really because really
0: again, this movie doesn't know what to do with these love triangles, and that's fine. That's that's a nice moment. It yeah. is all yeah. Right. So this movie doesn't know how the frick to end because not only have we established that that Toodles is completely deranged. No,
1: no, you can't go. You can't jump to that. Oh, end. you want to
0: jump to, to the mom with the kids? Yeah, okay, sorry, that's sorry. Even,
1: that's even crazier. Yeah,
0: you're, it's, yeah, go ahead.
1: Okay, so the kids, you know, fly back to their room and they see that their mom's asleep and they're like, "She looks like an angel. Don't wake her up. Let's surprise her." And they like they go back into their beds, and then the mom wakes up and grandma wendy walks in and she's like oh you know i in my dreams i see them in their beds when i wake up they're still there and then all of a sudden the kids like throw off their covers they're like mommy (laughs) it's like i'm sorry what like she falls okay this makes me cry every time i ever for 30 years i've been crying over her acting because it's so amazing but she falls to the ground and The kids like run over to her and she's just bawling her eyes out because of course, but it's like, you were like, why are they doing this to her?
0: (laughs) It's so sadistic because again... These kids have been missing for three days and her husband. She's been home alone with grandma Wendy. It might
1: have even been longer than three days. Yeah, maybe who like, knows? Well, yeah, maybe it's it been three it years. It might, have been, it might have
0: been a week. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. But you know, you know, Inspector Phil Collins is still looking for these kids. <laughs> 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 and poor, poor Moira is just, you know like dealing with the loss of her, yeah, her kids. Whole family is the gone. This psychopath who puts a sword in 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 her grandma's wall has stolen her kids. And then this, like, mommy, here we are, surprise, surprise. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That... I, mean, I mean, like, didn't they ever think like like maybe like. I mean, I mean, not only would she have a breakdown, maybe like jumping out of bed like that would give Grandma Wendy a heart attack and yeah, kill her right maybe. there.
1: Maybe Moira and Grandma Wendy have double heart attacks and they just are goners right
0: there. Again, the movie avoids all these sort of dark possibilities, not only because of the music, but also the tone of it. It's, you know, it's, again, it's It's fantasy. Just go with it. Just go with it. Okay, so then Peter finally gets home. He gets home, although, again, it's like the movie doesn't know quite what to do with the fact that he's both Peter Pan and Peter Banning. Because he gets on his phone, and it's it's cute, but it's also like he's still a yuppie, and he's still going back to work.
1: Yeah, okay, because... It's established that he's, like, basically losing this, like, $5 billion deal at the beginning of the movie. Right. You know, and his business partner. It's the deal of my life. Yeah. It's the phone call of my life. Like, shut up, yeah. kids. You know. Right. And then Brad, his partner, calls him at the end. And he's like, oh, Brad, you have been on hold this whole time? Like, <laughs>
0: it's, it's a funny the, joke, but it's like, well, it's the 90s. I bet he was.
1: <laughs> and then he just, like, throws the phone out the window as if. His job is meaningless, which, okay. This okay,
0: be- now you guys are going to live on love. <laughs> Whatever.
1: <laughs> They're just going to move in with Grandma Wendy.
0: It's going to do like celebrity appearances. I'm the real Peter Pan. Sure you are.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe Granny Wendy is like, move to London. Come live with me. The kids would love it.
0: And just when the movie feels like we're going to get to that, there's the business with Toodles. Like a coke addict who hasn't been around cocaine in forever, sprinkles the fairy dust all over him like a madman, and he's just suddenly flying around the room like it's bed knobs and broomsticks. Yeah, and
1: then he flies out. He basically or Mary
0: Poppins. I'm sure that's what they wanted. Like it's just like Mary Poppins. He flies out the window, and he does a little twirl around Big Ben. It's a good and, effect,
1: and that's
0: it. Uh, Williams, the last line he has is life is the ultimate adventure. And I gotta say, that really got to me hearing him say that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's a tough one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I miss him. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta say, though, um, this movie opens up with a theatrical performance we're going to go right back to the very beginning start all over so it opens up with this theatrical performance of peter pan the first thing that we see the first shots that spielberg gives us of uh, is of these children looking slack-jawed and in awe of this performance it's uh, all these kids watching this peter pan production it's the first shots of the movie and i gotta say like it reminded me right then and there as it does now like this is the last film Spielberg did for children. This is a movie for children, mm-hmm. which is why I've been able to forgive it all of its flaws all these years. For me, it's been a four-star movie since the first time I saw it, and I still feel that way about it. I feel it's it's flawed because it's corny, and it's got plot holes, and there's moments that don't work. Um, but the moments in this movie that are so moving, so touching, and it's such a robust film it really is the best and worst of spielberg because it looks and feels like a spielberg film at times it's so exciting and you know just like really captivating and then there are times where it's so corny it's overdone it's overstaged or it's underwritten or overwritten it 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 really is like the ultimate spielberg film it's got the spielbergian glow it you know and and it has like themes everything from like E.T. to Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, dealing with, with with a father trying to find himself. Uh, bad parents become good parents and and maybe like maybe that's the problem with the ending maybe it really should have ended where Peter Pan wants to go back to Neverland in the same way at the end of Close Encounters Richard Dreyfus says goodbye family and just like goes with the aliens and leaves <laughs> maybe this movie should have been maybe it should have been like like come on Grandma Wendy and he sprinkles it on Maggie Smith and they go fly off and together
1: oh man Grandma Wendy would be so pumped
0: oh man it'd be like the strangest ending ever <laughs> but uh yeah i i do feel like you know again like it is a flawed film i don't think it's a perfect movie but at its best this this is everything i wanted this it's everything i wanted it to be and i felt that way as a kid i i do love this film so much just despite the fact that it has moments in it that are questionable well, it has plot holes that, that cannot be excused by the fact that it's a fantasy but I, yeah I love it
1: yeah I love it too and and honestly watching it with a more I guess critical eye is the only reason I really noticed the plot holes because watching it over the years I'm just like this movie is great yeah the only thing that's always bothered me is Captain Hook dying in the crocodile that's <laughs> honestly like okay well, yeah that was lame but everything else that we talked about, um, it's not like I really thought about it that much because it is a really fun movie. And, you know, Robin Williams really sells it as Peter Pan.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like you, you can really his uh, transformation. It feels real.
0: Agreed, agreed. Yeah, he's so terrific in it, and and Hoffman is doing some really inventive and really fun yeah. stuff here. And yeah, the
1: kids, like the ones who play his kids, yeah,
0: Charlie Corsmo. who's they're,
1: they're really he's good. Great, yeah. The Lost little Boys, Amber like Scott. you said, are like a little generic, but Rufio's awesome. They're like,
0: yeah, yeah. Rufio's awesome. The other kids are giving sitcom performances. It's it's hammy, <laughs> hammy. But I would corny. say
1: everyone, for the most part, is giving top notch performances.
0: They know they're in a Peter Pan movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it totally works. No, yeah, I totally dig this film. Okay, so how would you change
1: the ending then?
0: I would definitely have. Uh, God, I would not have. To- I would not have Tootles sprinkle. Would the- you have
1: Tootles in this movie at all?
0: I would have that character deleted from this film. <laughs> I would have that character completely digitally edited out, out of this film. And yeah, I would definitely have. Uh, I would have Peter Pan show up at the balcony and uh, you know and reunite with his wife and his children. And he's like, time for a new adventure. And you think he's talking to Moira. He's talking to Wendy. And he (laughs) sprinkles it on her. He's like, oh, Peter. It's time. And they fly off together. Yeah, it's the two of them like spinning around. He
1: leaves his family.
0: Yeah, and and Moira and the kids are like, what? (laughs) And then we we cut to a Steven Spielberg film. And then John Williams' music plays, and that's it. Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah, and an audience of millions of people go, What? (laughs) That's Everyone, how you end it? Everyone's so confused. Is with that old lady? Yeah,
1: that doesn't make but any sense. But time doesn't
0: mean anything It'll never never land. So.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: This is I mean it's it I mean, this is really the end of this part of Spielberg's career because I mean, at this point, even though he made films, obviously, that, that had adult appeal. I mean, he always – I mean, he was called the Peter Pan of cinema for so long. He made films that were for mass audiences. I mean, after this movie, he took some time off. He did Schindler's List. He did Jurassic Park. And then after that, the movies got very grown up, very serious, very dark, very violent. Um, I mean, this is this is like an end of an era watching this film. Mm. Um,
1: 1991 was the end of Spielberg's children's films. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, you know, this movie it it doesn't take place well. I mean, it doesn't take place in the same neighborhood as E.T., but it feels like it takes place in the same world, you know, the world of possibilities, a world of of, you know, being a child is is You know, the most magical and precious thing, having your parents together is the most is the is one of the greatest miracles. And the fact that you get to celebrate your childhood with them, Um, a child trying to reconnect with their parents, or reconnect within the child within. it's all the Spielbergian things, because, I mean, after this movie, we're talking about Amistad, Saving Private Ryan, A.I., which, by the way, my favorite Spielberg film, A.I., absolute favorite. And there are themes in Hook that are present in AI, but as we spoke about, like, eh, like, Hook doesn't get, like, really dark. AI gets really dark. AI is, like, it's whimsical and cute, and then it gets dark and scary in a way that Hook never does.
1: Yeah, I think I've only seen that once with you.
0: I would happily watch it with you again, anytime. I love yeah. AI. But, yeah, that's my that's my favorite, but I do love Hook. Hook is, it's it's really in the top ten, and I know it's it's a divisive film. When it came How out...
1: Is it divisive?
0: Well, the critics hated it. They hated this movie we all
1: know about critics
0: well i know you can't trust a film critic you can't trust a film critic in 91 they all picked on how expensive it was and yes it was it was one of the most expensive films ever made they they made fun of the fact that it just it wasn't you know it was like too cutesy and syrupy but then my thing even even as a kid i'm like this is a film for children spielberg made a real children's film And it continues to delight generations and generations and generations. I mean, people love this movie, and and deservedly so. It's not perfect, but at times it is.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I think that sums it up. It's not perfect, but at times it is.
0: I would end with, with with life as the ultimate adventure. That's the yeah. last thing that Williams says and it's beautiful to hear this late, great, magnificent actor say that and yeah, yeah. This, this is a very underrated performance for him but Williams, I think, rises to the occasion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: All right, well that concludes our conversation about Hook. Thanks for joining us. Good night, everyone. So, your adventures
0: are over. Oh no. To live to live will be an awfully big adventure.